ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutch is sitting across from me. Greg, what's going on, man? What up, man? I'm excited that you, let's uh, see a little teaser for maybe a future episode, have watched the first episode of Stranger Things. Yes, yes. Yeah, Intend okay. to finish that, and uh, hopefully we will have an upcoming episode soon. That would be good. I'm, I can't wait to pick your brain on a couple of things yeah. that I still do not understand. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to get your theories on. So, uh, All right. doing well, man. We're uh, this is we're actually recording this the day it comes out too. So yes, day yeah. after Labor Day, September sixth, twenty sixteen. Beautiful day here. It is a little gorgeous. rainier in other parts, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, but first, Greg, a word from our sponsor, Mission Aware. Man, what a great partner they've been. Um, I, at the risk of just uh, beating a drum, go to the Mission Aware website. Uh, they have managed to take the spirit of the Reformation and uh, make it accessible and cool. <laughs> I mean, how how hard is that to do, man? I know, right? Um, you know, it is uh, something that they have done quite, quite well. Products, posters, you, 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 know, you get your cool Calvin quote on, your Spurgeon quote on, anything from a T-shirt to a mug to a bumper sticker, poster, you could put it anywhere. And you um, know you've arrived when you've got a three-by-two-foot wall poster of the Book of Romans on dude, your wall. that's good. And <laughs> special points to anybody who memorizes it and calls in and quotes it. Of course, we won't know if they're cheating. That's we're right. Gonna... We're just going to let you record, and we'll come back like three hours later. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and say, we'll, we'll check back. I think they're on Chapter 7 now. Uh, so missionaware.com. Uh, go check them out. You enter our special Promo code as a these go to eleven listener, which is the word sustain, and uh, you'll get yourself eleven percent discount. Yep. I like how they did eleven. See, That's right. One most discounts go to ten, but as is one louder, isn't it? That's it right. To eleven, we so go to eleven. Out. There you go. Um, and just to let everyone know, we're going to dive right in um, with our guests. But uh, just to let everyone know, we have the winners of our beer fest. We're going to announce those after uh, we do the podcast. Um, just so that we have enough time for everything. So stay tuned after the podcast for the announcement of the winners of the Beer Fest contest. Sweet. All right. So without further ado, Jeff Kratz back in the house. Man, what's going on? Well, you know, I'm just uh, sitting in my kitchen uh, drinking some pretty good coffee. We nice. prefer the uh, – I prefer the French press Nice. I do too, you know, man. The the K cups, the K cups. There's a little aftertaste that makes me think I'm eating something plastic. <laughs> and, because and you did, are, dude. Right, and there's something synthetic going in. That aftertaste isn't, you know, just my own self deception. But I I drink it. I drink that at work, and then I live eight tenths of a mile um, from where I work. So it's not a parsonage, but it feels. Very accessible to run home. Yes. Drink drink coffee and podcast during nice. lunch. So here I am and yeah, Alaska is a little drippy. Yeah. Nice. We're doing good. And dude, last time you were on, Jeff, uh, we had the privilege before we went online today, talking to your dear wife Judy. She was uh, in the background there and she sounded yeah. good and I know uh, you know, last time, man, you were just running every which way but loose because she wasn't feeling well. <laughs> you were like checking on the kids. And you were simultaneously podcasting in your car. And, yes. uh, yeah, my wife scolded me for that when she found out later no. about, uh, you and Nathan are supposed to be more sensitive men. I said, no, no. we're just, we're brute beasts. That's what we do. <laughs> well, Judy, yeah, Judy's doing well. She was, uh, she was down with, um, some, some sickness, but, uh, was, you know, helped by the hospital and she's doing good now. Great. And as she, as she clarified, we have six kids. And yes. so we, we took the command to be fruitful and multiply as, yeah. as, far, as far as we, <laughs> as far as we could. And so I'm used to multitasking. Yes. So we're good. Now, we're you, good. you know, Jeff, when you were at two kids, uh, you were, you were probably thinking addition, but if you had multiplied at that point, it would have been the same result. <laughs> See, that's what we did. So we got to two and realized, wait a minute, we can multiply. We'll be at four. Uh, so you obviously must not have had that conversation, you know, until you got to three or something. But I, anyway. I, yeah, I didn't – math was not my strong suit. And so <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. left it – I mean, I asked Judy, I said, how many kids do you want to have? This is before we were married. I think we were engaged. We were in a very healthy embrace, and I just said, how many kids, you know? And she said, five, six. You wow. know, so 
She was a little bit prophetic there and prayed for twins, and boom, there we had it. We supersized. Well, that's awesome, Jeff, because we, um, in our case, you know, we, we thought of uh, having, uh, stopping at three, you know, so that uh, we would have eeny, meeny, and miny and not have any mo. <laughs> yeah, so, no, that's, wow. a, that's a Stephen Curtis Chapman joke that uh, I think got that kind of reaction when I saw him do it in concert. Uh, but anyway, we, uh, no, we, we had four, but uh, yeah, that's, man, ten kids between us. That's long way from those college days, Jeff. Uh, that's right. Long, long way. Uh, well, take us away, Nathan, because I know our time's going to fly. Man. Yeah, we um, we wanted to continue our discussion on practical holiness. We've gotten uh, several requests from our listeners uh, because, as you know, uh, both Jeff and Greg, we are uh, all about grace on this podcast. And some people might say even, quote unquote, too much about grace, that there's not enough practical application that gets thrown in there. Greg, you and I did a podcast on Game of Thrones not too long ago, mm-hmm. which is highly controversial. And our basic takeaway was, you know, let every man's conscience dictate what's right and what's wrong. But there are some people that would say, no, it's absolutely wrong to watch this show. Sure. Um, and so people are just wondering, where's where's the line? Where do I draw a line? Is there a line? Um, and Jeff, you are our resident MacArthurian <laughs> yeah, scholar. Like Poor Jeff. Oh, He's no. like, Jeff's like, when am I going to be treated like my own man? Because never, I just went to never. the dude's seminary, man. Um, um, twice. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You did. Hey, leave me alone. He, got, he got two degrees, man. Wow. Uh, oh, no, and, but and worked at the college. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, yes. <laughs> but we do, uh, we do so value your opinion and your insight into things, and so we did want to bring you into this because we do believe that out of everyone that we have on here, you're probably one of the more conservative people we have on here, and that's we don't we don't view that as a negative thing. Nope, we truly not at don't. All, um, not at all. We we feel like you are one of the best people qualified. To, to help us answer this question because, as Greg and I have said before, we just think it should be up to everyone's conscience. But right. there are some people out there who are like, yeah, but I, I'm struggling with this. And for me, I want to know where I should land on it because my conscience isn't necessarily decided on this. Um, and so, you know, for, for us, it's, it's so valuable to have you on here, Jeff, because maybe you can provide some insight for those people um, where they should land on on some of um some of these issues of uh freedom and and practical holiness right um, sure so again we appreciate it um greg i'm gonna let you go ahead and yeah man. start it up and take it away and we'll see where it goes i bet if you went point for point though that's hard to say i bet dave shive <laughs> is our most conservative it could be. Uh, maybe. On, could be. On some things, maybe more than others. Yeah. And again, it's always tricky, Jeff, to do this because remember, I remember in college taking a little debate. Uh, it wasn't a class, but it was an optional seminar I did for extra credit. And the, the guy who led it said, you know, there's an old debate tactic where uh, if you want to uh, sort of advantage the audience to your favor, uh, one of the things that you would do is uh, paint two other guys – one to the left of you, one to the right of you. Yeah. So that you're always the balanced centrist, right? So it's always tricky, you know, to say, um, okay, I'm good. It's almost like when you're preaching, dude, whoever thinks that they're the weaker brother. Yeah. Like, I've never met a Christian will say, well, as the weaker brother, I think my role is, but I've never met that guy. Uh, That guy always assumes the straw man weaker brother is a guy out there. Until you talk to that guy and he thinks you're the weaker brother or yeah. you're not a brother or, you know, whatever it might be. Right. So I, I recognize, Jeff, so much of this is from the perspective of looking uh, at our own beliefs as, yeah, I'm, I'm right. And uh, Jeff's right, too, but not as right as I am. Or <laughs> Dave Shive's right, but not quite as right as I am. I mean, it's just kind of what we do right. to, to self-label. Right. So all the caveats up front. Uh, as I see it, Jeff, I, uh, I know you and I knew each other many years ago. Um, I think our theology, if we lay it out on paper, is extremely similar. Uh, yes. Both reformed guys, both high priority on the word, expositional preaching. We've talked to you about that. Um, 
So we have gotten pushback, not really from you, Jeff, because I always think you're probably too nice, and we're hoping <laughs> we get you to take the gloves off on this podcast. <laughs> um, okay. But some pushback even from people in the audience, and we love it. Yeah. Uh, people might think we don't, but we really do, that say, man, you guys are just a bunch of libertines. Um Thinking that we can do whatever we want, however we want, it doesn't really matter, etc. Uh, and uh, I thought it would be good, Jeff, because you are <clears throat> a MacArthur guy. And, and MacArthur is not typically going to be identified within the uh, what I would call maybe the grace emphatic wing of the Reformed Church as a champion and advocate of that type of thinking. Let me just say this. You got Steve Brown, you got John MacArthur, and never the twain shall meet um, <laughs> if you take different people within a broad community. So uh, do you want to talk about that first, Jeff, how you see yourself in matters well, of grace, liberty, conscience, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I I don't um, – I'm not familiar with Steve Brown's um, – I'm not familiar with who he is okay, or sure. his positions. I don't mean to – disqualify or discredit my uh, uh perspectives uh, by saying that it it is kind of funny i was thinking you're, you're saying that you know john macarthur's um position is maybe you know not as open in terms of grace or something like that but his church do you know do you know what his church is called i, I know it's grace community it's, church <laughs> it's grace community yes, church and, yes and it's interesting the church that i came up here in Alaska too is Anchorage Grace Church. That's right. So I think that there are um, positions that I hear sometimes where people say, you know, we really need to strike the balance of being of grace and truth. Yep. You know, that's that's sort of a, you know, Jesus aphorized statement that people will make where it's like, look, you know, because we, we have a church and then we also have a college prep uh, K through 12 school that uh, is under our care at the church. Uh, it's a ministry of Anchorage Grace. We have some 500, you know, 500 plus kids that are there. And of course, they're all, you know, regenerate, thriving, growing teenagers right. together <laughs> in, uh, in, in a land of Christian school and rules and regulations. So there's, there's all kinds of dynamics there in terms of discipline issues and things. And a lot of times I'll hear people say, well, we need to strike the balance of grace and truth here. Uh-huh. And what people what people mean when they define grace sometimes seems different than how the Bible defines grace. Mm. It's it's like the idea we need to give latitude to kids because yeah, you know, they might have fallen off the path or done some wrong things, but we need to be gracious to them and yet at the same time hold the line in terms of the rules of the school. Uh-huh. So you got to have the rules of the school in place, and then at the same time, you know, be gracious to the person. Now, there's truth in in saying that. I mean, we need to be going after the heart of the student. We need to be kind to a student that maybe is involved in immorality or drug use or something like that. But in terms of God's grace, it seems to be, uh, you know, a whole larger and deeper category than just being kind, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the grace yeah. of God, the grace of God is the unmerited favor of God upon us, something that is not only undeserved, but is Sam Storms. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, great guy. He he said not only is the grace of God undeserved, it's ill-deserved. Mm. It's like we, we have fought against God. We're at enmity with God because of our sin, and then God overrides our evil towards him and floods us with undeserved and ill-deserved grace. Hmm. And so I think the more that we understand the grace of the gospel is it's, it's like what Luther called, you know, for our righteousness, it's an alien righteousness. It's, it's alien to us. The grace of God is not something that we did anything on our own to deserve. And we're all lockstep with that. But I think the more that you drill down on the depth and the wealth of grace in our lives, the more we can clarify what we mean when we're saying, now what does our obedience look like in terms of what the Bible prescribes? Yeah. Because because really, you know, the big two categories that I've heard over the last five or six years with the 
you know, the grace debate and are, you know, are we really talking about antinomianism or not? It's the indicative and the imperative, right? Mm-hmm, sure. So, so what I've heard and read has been, you know, there's a, there's sort of two sides of a giant drum. You know, if you have one of those old school one man band type bass drums, yeah. on one side you hit and that's, you know, the indicative. On the other side, then you hit and that's the imperative. And so the, the imperatives have been beaten so hard that now there's a counter reaction to hit the other side of the drum really hard. Yeah. And we're hitting that side of the drum so hard that, you know, there's no imperatives left. So we gotta, we gotta build a, an analogy of a seesaw where you, you strike the balance of indicative, imperative, indicative, imperative. I don't think that's what Paul was doing when he wrote the Bible. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, or I don't think that's what Jesus taught. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the whole tenor of Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. I think that there, there's no doing away with grace ever in any one part of the conversation right. to bifurcate the indicative and the imperative and to try to treat those as categories yeah. is just strange to me. It's mm-hmm. odd and awkward. So I, I like the, um, the, the realities of, of both you know, the indicative and the imperative. I mean, I like the fact that we are Christians and that we're, we're just being Christians by the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit and that we have real commands, whether you call them, you know, as a, a dispensationalist would call them, this is sort of the age of Pauline commands uh-huh, <laughs> or, sure. or, or, oh, I'm a progressive dispensationalist. So, you know, these are the, these one and a half apply to us and still to Israel or, or a covenantalist and you go, well, we're the, you know, we're the church. And so we're the people of God. And so we obey these commands and all the old Testament carries over or you're a new covenant person, new covenant theology. So you do it that way. Right. There's just all kinds of ways to talk about obeying, or you say, you know, maybe a new covenant theologian would say, I believe the law of Christ. And so it's, you know, it's something that's happening under the promptings of the Holy Spirit and Christ in me, and I'm obeying him, and so I, I'm free from the law of the Old Covenant. There's a lot of emphases that are happening with these different strains of, uh, you know, theological persuasions to try to try to figure this out. But I don't think any one of us would say, and I definitely wouldn't say, that there aren't clear commands in Scripture that, that we are supposed to obey, that sure. there is truth to be followed where, where there are imperatives. And then at the same time that you're, you could obey those commands superficially, but if the Holy Spirit hasn't regenerated you in the first place, all of that is just, that's actually hardening your heart. That's, that's anti-holiness for you. It's legalism. Right. It's, it's the idea of trying to earn your way to heaven or uh, trying to, you know, salve your conscience for the immorality through good works. And, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of people who are very confused in the Roman Catholic world and church who are trying to earn and keep their, their right status with God, but that there are plenty of people in what would be called the evangelical church who are trying to do the same thing. And that's not, that's not righteous obedience. And so I definitely believe um, that there's a ditch to fall into that's called legalism, but I also think there's a ditch that's equally dangerous to fall into that's, you know, licentiousness. And sure. When he sure. Did, here's, here's another Luther quote. You guys like Luther a lot, but oh, yeah. I, I heard him quoted as the, you know, the, you have to strike the balance between um, not falling in either ditch, legalism or licentiousness. So you have to be like the old drunk peasant that, that came out of the bar drunk and he tried to get on his donkey and he slipped off on one side. Yes. And he got on the donkey and slipped off on the other side. And the whole point is you have to sit on the donkey <laughs> and, and you can't, you can't be one or the other. Yeah. And that, yes. That's, and that's true. I think the two big errors are legalism and licentiousness, but the debate doesn't seem to be about, be about staying away from legalism or licentiousness as much as we need to emphasize grace and not obedience. <laughs> like I, those are the, t- I see what you're saying. Ditches. I those see what you're saying. Ditches. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that those are ditches. I think if you're being obedient, then it better be because you were regenerate and you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Your obedience isn't a work of the flesh. And that, you know, if 
if you're in grace, then that means you're a Christian, and that's that's what you are relying on. But the fight is against legalism, and the fight is against licentiousness. Yeah, so. no, I I love your your point there, Jeff. That um, I do think it gets too reductionistic sometimes. You know, the right. uh, and, and we could do that even with terms law gospel, which is right. similar, of course, uh, in terms of the uh, imperative uh, versus the indicative. But the um, because I've actually had some people say to me like they've actually wondered from from a parenting perspective, you know, wow, Greg, do I need to like kind of uh, you know, do, do I almost need to alternate um, a little bit? Like, you know, maybe this week I, I need to throw down the law and next week you know, I, need to, I need to show more grace. Almost as if I think what you're picking up on there, Jeff, and your concern is that we, we have the suspicion that maybe God's word doesn't self-harmonize. Um, and that, Perfect. that is beautifully put. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, no, off. no. Yeah, it's just that is a, a great word. It, it's it's just the sense that uh, we have to, like you said, kind of strike the balance ourselves to right. make sure that we are there. So it's really maybe we're trying to explore more deeply the the interconnectedness of grace, obedience, law, gospel. That the two yeah. the two are not enemies. Uh, they work together well. And, um, you know, it's easier to say that in a podcast or in a sermon <laughs> or write it in a book than, of course, it is to get nitty-gritty practical. Um, yeah. Like, let me, let me ask you this, Jeff. The, uh, I think I may have talked to you about this once before. I've mentioned it in other places. Let me pick on a man I deeply respect. That would be Johnny Mack. <laughs> um, and you tell me your thought. I may have shared this with you before. But this this will kind of take it for our audience to hope because I realize some people listening might say, oh, I'm not sure I'm tracking with these guys on the imperative, indicative, gospel law. Some are, some right. aren't, no doubt. Yeah. But practically speaking, um, the the where do we land in terms of what is God commanding us? To me, that's a, a an issue that um, I've thought about before. I think I've shared this in my former church. We had a family um, who um, gave up their TV. And a good family, loved the Lord. They had four girls. Talked to the father, a guy named Dave, and he said, Greg, just got rid of it because we don't watch TV much anyway. And the few times we would watch something, just, man, everything was an ED pill commercial. Everything was, you know, spicing up your right, sex life right. or some kind yeah. of, you know, they're, they're selling a car and there's two bikini-clad you know, uh, girls right. on on the hood. I said, I got you, Dave. Um, and he said, so for us, we just got rid of it. And then we found out there were people in our church who wanted to be like this particular family. Um, and they were doing the same thing. And then we found out uh, in our little church back then that you had TV families and non-TV families. And the TV families, of course, were in many ways, frowned upon by the non-TV families. The irony is the original guy would say this, and this is what I'm boiling it down to, that he made an application of scriptural text. Uh, Raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Uh, you know, might, might be an overly general way to say it. So he took the text of scripture, um, meditated on it, thought about it, made a decision for his family to get rid of the TV would have been the yeah. first guy in line to say, I'm not saying you have to do that. You might have another approach. You limit what your kids watch. You talk about what your kids watch, etc." He said, this is what I wanted to do. What I find is I think most Christians will agree. The Bible does command us to do certain things like no, what Christian can say, Hey, we don't have to raise our kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Um, right. The question is, what does that look like? And, uh, you know, it, I, this is what I was getting around to. Not always. MacArthur, at times when I read him, I feel like defines it more specifically, which, yeah. which I would say if he's defining it for himself, his family, I get it. Where's the line where you define it maybe too specifically for other people? Here, I, I, I made about 30 points and four questions, so... Pick whichever you like, Jeff, out of that well, buckshot. No, no, I, well, give me, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Yeah. You know, 
but but to put you on the spot, um, give me yeah, give me an, <laughs> no, give me an example of when Johnny Mac has given a specific that Ooh, would, good, would good. be something like that. Um, probably the one I, I and forgive me, audience, if I've done this, I have beat on this poor example probably so many times, but maybe I have it on the podcast. Years ago, Jeff, when I was reading his commentary on Ephesians, yeah, great commentary. I still use his commentaries. I think they are eminently practical, very good. He, he quotes widely. Love his kind of practical commentary. So there's all my caveats. In, yeah. the, in the Ephesians passage, right, the, um, you know, be, you know uh, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, that was a oh, kick in the solar plexus to me. Because uh, I, I've got it. I'm almost looking, Nathan, around my office. as It's, it's in there or it's in my closet, but I, I don't know where. Um, but the um, Your prayer closet. It's in <laughs> prayer closet. Let me, let me tell you about the time I spent in there today. Um, <laughs> the, um, his, there, there was an example where I thought I loved how he started. He said, so... And you could tell some of it was based on sermon transcripts. He's gotten a lot of questions about this through the years. How's he going to deal with this text? And he starts by saying, it is a Christian liberty issue. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I like the way he's starting with this in terms of drinking alcohol in general. Clearly con yeah. condemns drunkenness, lays that out, got that. And then um, for several pages... He does what I do, which I call the subtle suggestion of the pastor, interpreter, commentator, where yeah. he gives, I think, eight or nine reasons to consider whether or not you should drink socially. To me, they were the commentary equivalent of the old um, um, Christian coalition voter guides. Do you remember yeah. those where you hand them out in church and they all say vote for the Republican without saying vote for the Republican? that all the tests that he gave in that commentary uh, were clearly, in my opinion, intending to lean, no, you shouldn't. Like, it was, yeah. is it the wisest decision? Uh, is it the most beneficial? Is it going to bring the most edification? Again, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it right in front of me like I should. And I thought, dude, you, you nailed it first, Johnny. You said it was a liberty issue. And I kind of feel like that defines itself as, is it not up to the individual believer who's saying, okay, there is not a black and white on this per se. I'm going to take my conscience before the Lord. I'm going to factor in my walk with Christ. I'm going to factor in my passion for my family. I'm going to factor in my own background, my propensity towards addictive behavior, whatever, and make a decision. But I feel like he said it's a liberty issue and then gave eight or nine suggested litmus test that you shouldn't drink. Am I being fair or unfair? All right. So here's, here's the uh, sort of the parallel in my mind. I was, I'll give you a, just a side anecdote that reminds me of the, the one you just described where you're, you're hitting those, those practical points about, you know, all the negative reasons for drinking, yeah. right? That, that was the big, that was the big moment of, you know, legalism alert lights were going off. And sure, <laughs> you sure. Felt your heart, your heart closing. Yeah. <laughs> I, re I, re I remember being at a former church as an associate pastor, and I was there, and there was a table in the lobby that was uh, looking for petition uh, uh, signatures to, for a petition against a particular law, and I think that it was a law regarding adoption. You know, adopting. Uh, you know, whether a single parent should be allowed to adopt a child. Sure. And, and it, you know, it linked probably um, to the concern that you could have homosexual parents adopt children. There was some sort of sub-issue that was going on with that. And I don't know which way I voted on the issue in the, you know, the booth. Sure. But I didn't, but I didn't on Sunday morning want to walk down the hallway and sign a a political petition, yeah. you know, when I'm coming in for worship. Well, the person saw that was sitting there saw that I wouldn't sign the petition because it was sort of a narrow hallway. And that person actually followed me and chased me down the hallway wow. looking for my signature and pinned me down in the, the cry room, right? Where <laughs> the, 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 the dark closet. <laughs> and, and, and he sort of, That's in a great. shaking, trembling voice saying, 
why won't you sign the petition? Wow. And and then where are you at on the specific subset issue? And so I just thought, you know, that's probably in keeping with quenching the Holy Spirit to, right. to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that probably isn't good. And so, I, you know, there are levels that people take things in specific applications, right, that quench the spirit in people's lives. And I think that that's what you're dealing with. You're, you're going as soon as in the Ephesians commentary, it went to a practical level that seemed to conflict with where your conscience had liberty. Uh-huh. That's where you felt the, the air sucked out of the room. Uh-huh. And, and that was my experience with that, you know, political thing. I, I think it's interesting. I, I was reading first Corinthians eight, you know, about the food sacrifice to idols issue and you know it's it's like if you're if you're able to eat the meat and you're invited over to a household and you're sitting there and you can eat the meat sacrificed to idols you know really eat the meat because you want to be an evangelistic witness to the person even it's almost like even if you have a concern about eating the meat because of the association but you can do it do it yeah but as soon as soon as somebody at the table goes up this is meat sacrificed to idols you don't do it. Yeah. And the reason you don't do it is because you don't want to wound the conscience of your brother, you know, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak. You sin against Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. So, you know, when I read that, I had this thought, and it was interesting, you know, kind of picking back up on your joke. And so I thought it was very funny, and I've thought the same thing, where yeah. it's like, I'm never going to preach a sermon where you go, I'm the weaker brother. Yeah. Yes, you know? yeah. Amen. Who's weak with me? Yeah. You know, especially up here in Alaska. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know? you can't be weak but up there, man. We have a new uh, we have a new reality series. It's called Weaker, weaker in Alaska. Remember yeah. So, right. So, so anyway, I, I think that, I'm not sure of this. I haven't really thought it through a whole lot, but I think when I read Romans uh, um, 14 or uh, on the weaker brother issue and stronger or 1 Corinthians 8 or what have you, I'm not sure that Paul is using weaker and stronger in terms of positive and negative. Uh huh. I think I really don't think it is. I don't think it's like, well, I'm Paul and I'm strong and I can eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm and I'm I'm you know I'm Silas. And yeah. I'm weaker. And I, I cannot eat. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I, it's like it's like the weaker people are from the south. Uh, I, I, pardon me. Yeah. I, I do not think I can participate in this or that because it will cause my brother or my own sin sick self to stumble. You know, you can't you can't get too tied up with categories. There, I think the issue the issue is simply this. Um, you, with the gospel, we keep everything on the gospel. And, and in terms of the applications, we have to keep those more private. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what that's what I think. I think or if we do share our personal applications to liberties or or non liberties, <laughs> then yeah. then we then we have to we have to just be honest and sincere and say this is a personal conviction and I'm not I'm not. I mean, you're extra careful not to tie someone up with heavy burdens because uh-huh. yeah. you you can you can harm people with your liberties as much as you can harm people with your um, non liberties. Oh, sure, and and, yeah. and your things that you would separate yourself from. Like you said, the person with the TV. I mean, you have the. It's like the isn't it the old um, Dr. Seuss? You know, uh, sneeches and no sneeches. You've right. got your star <laughs> on your chest or not, right? Yes. And so. The whole haves or haves nots thing is, um, I think it's more of a private deal. I yeah. think that you, I am stronger in the pulpit when there is a clear imperative that I am giving from scripture where it's like, you can't commit immorality. Right. You know, you, you can't sleep with your neighbor's wife. Right. You, you, you can't, I mean, I, I was drilling down on, on the fact that communion is and we were in Mark's gospel, we were in Passover and Jesus instituting communion. I'm just going, look, let me read to you a quote that is from a website 
from the Roman Catholic Church a propositional statement about how they believe that Jesus Christ is literally bodily in the elements and that that is that's real time. I mean, the mass really is a re-crucifying of Christ and that's happening now. Well, a family gets up and walks out my church. Wow. Well, wow. Pre- no, but but that's normal in Anchorage Church. Yep. Anchorage Church is kind of gravel town cowboy church. You're just up front. Yep. You bring it, you and it works to just give the word and be straightforward. But but I'm only saying things hopefully at that level of strength when I have real solid scripture to yes. back it up. Yes. And what and what happens on two sides of the perspectives, we've got you know, the people who are so afraid of the libertine movement and, you know, the supposed antinomianism that, you know, they're, they're sort of clinging to the imperatives and, and even taking it step far, uh, step farther to the applications, you know, and the, the indirect applications to the imperatives. But on the other side, could it be that, that there's, um, such an emphasis on the liberties, you know, like drinking or, or whatever, that that you put that stuff out there. I know now I'm stepping on you guys' toes. No, put it you, out there, you man. Put, you put that stuff out there, and that could be going too far on the other side, just uh-huh. in terms of personal applications, yeah. right? And so there's just a carefulness that – I mean I, I've heard of people who say, you know, I've just been – like we joked about. I've been praying so much lately, you know, and I've, yeah. I've got yeah. this list, <laughs> and it's so long. and. Yeah. Oh man, and I wish that you would join me in prayer and yeah. pray for me about my prayer life. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's like, dude, didn't Jesus say not to do that? Right. <laughs> exactly, like yeah. specifically. Right. And so right. I, I think that you know a lot of the holiness conversation really comes down to you know being um, super clear on what grace really is. Yeah. And then super sensitive towards other people and just gracious, super gracious. Yeah. So. Uh, dude, I love what you said about, um, and that's very intriguing, Jeff. You, you made an incidental comment, but I think it was very significant uh, in terms of almost keeping it private. This is, again, why I always make the same point, Nathan. I know you're probably so bored of me saying it. <laughs> well, I find application yeah. one of the hardest things to do. It's not just a – a lot of people will, will say to me, Greg, I know it's not your style. Uh, and I, I say, no, I, it's not a style issue to me because yeah. style I can always adjust. You know, I've been changing my style for years. Right. You know, Lisa will say, yeah, I think you're spending too much time on the first point um, and you're, you're rushing your second and third. You know, that sort of approach. Uh, yeah, maybe I need to even it out a little. It, it's more um, – dude, I got to ask, man. Are you pouring like combos into a bowl? Because you're making me oh, hungry. Me? Yeah. Hey, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I love it. I'm hearing <laughs> – hey, dude, I'm so hungry right now because I just ate a salad for lunch, which no. is normal for most people. But for me, I'm ravenously starving. <laughs> no, these are these are the Frito-Lay scoops. Oh, I, I mean, love those, man. I, mean, I I don't mean to flaunt my you know, my <laughs> yeah. things that have MSG yeah. in them and, and to tempt people who yes. are vegan. Yes, vegan, man. Right? To want that. Your but, Frito you know, liberty. I love it, I was, man. I Vegans really, aren't people, are they? Yeah. <laughs> I was – Well, they're. Well, no, but I was trying my best to crumple that thing quietly. And That's just, so funny, dude. The mic picked it up. So funny. I, uh, so no, no, not at all, man. Where do I even go? Oh, yeah, application. Dude, for me, I say it's more of a theological issue. And yeah. I, I'm always torn because I do think I have not served my church well on application and I, uh, but I feel that maybe I've, I've made up for it by acknowledging that I've encouraged people to apply, yeah. apply, apply, uh, themselves. Um, there are times I feel that I can do it, but even when I've done it a few times, um, I've, I've, it's amazing how I see people with this tendency that crave, uh, specificity yeah. that right. will, that will absolutize, right. The example I gave, Lisa and I decided to do this because of this indicative, you know, to use that, that, that parlance. And, uh, and I will caveat the heck out of it. You know, this might not be what you need to do. This might not be what your, your wife needs to do just to share our story. And then just so often there's been a, 
we're going to we're going to do that same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, do you want to?" I mean, is do you feel that's a what? Well, obviously we just need to do that. And I um so I have a slight aversion to it. And what I'm finding, Jeff, is I I'm not sure how specific the Bible is. Right. And uh, yes. when when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of life. I mean, I Absolutely. I, in fact, um Somebody, I didn't tell this, Nathan, said to me recently, I better not say who because I don't have his permission. <laughs> Somebody heard on a recent podcast, and they were kind of jabbing me a little bit. I must have mentioned a show uh-huh. that I don't let my boys watch. Sure. I don't know if it, was, <laughs> if it was Daredevil. And this guy said to me, oh, I have to say, Greg, uh, I almost like, you know, fell over in my chair. I was like, whoa, there, there's something Greg won't do? Uh, <laughs> you know, I said, um, I said, thank you. I, I think, um, you know, or actually I gave my typical, Hey, none, uh, none taken. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, they, they were, I think in all seriousness, a little surprised almost that I have some rules. Right. Uh, and I said, man, we've got a ton of rules. Yeah. We really do. Right. I mean, right. for our kids and, yeah. uh, there's things they want that we say no to. There's, there's things that we say, okay, if this is done, um, Lisa and I talk about this stuff constantly. Yeah. And uh, but I guess it was, I hope, evidence that I don't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> what is the echo there? Is that that I don't talk about it publicly? Yeah. Um, right. And I don't want to talk about it publicly. So, anyway, Jeff, your your thoughts here, because right. I know our time is is. Oh wait, wait, well, you, hold on, wait. Nathan's going to jump in, right? No, we yeah. just—I was just going to say—we got about five minutes. So. Oh, okay, take it away, Jeff. Did you say you have another commercial break? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Promotion. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I think the whole issue of parenting is another major issue to think about this regarding because people get really sensitive in terms of what they let their kids do or not do, and I just did a wedding. Um, Saturday and yep. perform the, the wedding. And one of my points is there's so little written in terms of how to have a healthy marriage. Agreed. And how to parent. I mean, and that's on purpose. And I think that that's um, because Christian authors can now write best selling books where they tell you to do that. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm sorry. Go. That's right. Go on, Jeff. That was, no, yeah, all the white spaces. I mean, whole <laughs> ministries are formed around this. Yeah. But, you know, I, and there's probably a healthy, banter back and forth even in terms of that because there's been a lot of helpful stuff but but bottom line is that people are so different and then when you put two people together you have such a different recipe for how a a couple needs to work something out yeah i mean there's just it's weird i i remember there being legalistic you know different categories given to me you know when i first married my wife and she's she's from the north Right. So she's she's a northerner and I'm from the south. So, I mean, though we're both up in Alaska, right, in in the third heaven up here, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, uh, frozen over. But, you know, the the (laughs) fact that we're I mean, we're up here and it's great. But but, um, you know, the cultural distinctions between a northern mindset and a southern mindset is fascinating hmm. and how fa- how family works it's it's like the, it's like the two families in my big fat greek wedding yeah right i mean i i don't go to movies so i have no idea what i'm talking about but that movie, <laughs> right i mean macartherian right that's I mean, right that's right jeff that you, movie, you haven't seen that movie no yeah yeah but that movie is classic because it's showing how people have to defer and figure it out but you you use scriptural principles still to apply, what does it look like to live with your wife in an understanding way? What does it look like to to lead and to do it self sacrificially and, and all that? Well, you got to apply that within a, a personalized set of personalities, and it's the same thing with raising teenagers. You know, you you hold the line and you make sort of a, a hard line point sometimes, but your the line that you're holding isn't necessarily a scriptural one. It's just what you believe is supposed to be done as a parent, right? And it's yeah. the, your best shot. But if you push too hard in that situation, you could provoke that teenager to rebel against you, and suddenly you're you're hurting for certain. Oh. So, so it's you know it's that delicate balance of not exceeding scripture, but using scripture to try to guide what specific decision you're just going to make up in the moment as you go along in your parenting. 
because yeah. that's what it is. But when people call that category of what you made up and it became success for you, they call that scriptural or more godly. That's when you're off the rails. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, well said. There's too much agreement here, man. I know. I, I know. I, I, I want some fiery back and forth, but Jeff, you're just making too much sense. <laughs> well, we I tried to, to mix it up earlier. But we need to get Dave Shive back on. We need a guy that makes no sense. <laughs> Dave, I'm hoping I'm hoping you're listening to that. Well, um, I, I I will say this in um you know Johnny Johnny Mac's uh, defense. Uh, he does. The reason I asked you for the applications. Yes, I'm glad is, you did. He, he is notorious for not giving application. I mean, even his parenting stuff, I've watched this video. He's just like, you know, you just need to relate to him and spend time with him. I mean, he he does not get very specific. And I think he's only done parenting books and videos just because people have pro- like told him to. I mean, he he is almost – I mean, he supports the biblical counseling movement. Obviously, it's at the master's college and all of that. But I have – I've heard him say things um, before that are the dangers of biblical counselors. Huh. You know, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm actually still a card carrying, um, nuthetic counselor, you know, from yeah. way, from way back when, I mean, yeah, there's another category to label me with. Um, but <laughs> I love it, man. No, we but, would say hyper nuthetic counseling, but go on, dude. Right. Go on. Yeah. 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 You know, anyway, so, I've got a, a T-shirt. Jay Adams is my homeboy. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I mean, he, you know, he talked. John talked through the Book of Job one time and called Bildad, you know, Eliphaz and Zophar biblical counselors. Oh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I mean, this was back in the '90s, but you know, he just that was on his heart because there are dangers with uh, over applications, you know, and. And then there are dangers with, you know, people who are unwilling to apply, unwilling to say anything. Yeah. But, but all I'm saying is that John is real. I mean, even in the bulletin at church, it says, you know, it's going to be up to you and the Holy Spirit to apply what's been taught. It's your responsibility to take time and apply what's taught because John's whole deal is just to explain and clarify scripture and his sort of, um, you know, gift is to bring the weight and heaviness of scripture onto, to bear on the conscience of the hearer. So you, a lot of times when you walk out of a sermon, you have some information, obviously, but the information is almost just keeping you there. It's like, you could read it, you could read it on your own, but but it's not just the information. It's almost like he's looking over, you know, his pulpit, like like a judge looking over the desk. I remember when I um, I first my first ninety days of uh, of driving, I had some uh, kids. I was a sixteen year old. They said, you know, how fast does your Mustang really go? And so yeah. I punched it, and suddenly I found myself standing before a judge. You know, my oh, head was wow. still spinning, and and so the judge looked over the desk at me in the dark robe and I just, it wasn't what he said. It's how I felt. Yeah. And it, it slowed me down. Well, John is a very similar preacher. You just feel like the cavode heaviness of the weight of holiness is upon you when you're yeah. sitting there in the seat and it's not just all voice inflection, but it's the weight of the word. And that's, that's his thing. And so I don't remember a whole lot of application and all the sermons I've really heard. Interesting. Oh man, Jeff, I got my next idea for part two based on what you (laughs) just said. I love it. Whenever Jeff's on, it leads to another, um, part two, which we're not going to wait as long this time. That's right. Because we, we, we're trying to get you back in the regular mix, Jeff, because you're a a, a great guest and some great thoughts here, man. You know what, Nathan, I'd I'd welcome our listeners because uh, I think, Jeff, I love it that you said I have found him to be not specifically applicational. Uh, and I yes. think, I mean, your your street credit on that far exceeds my own. Uh, having obviously met the man, been in his sphere of influence in, in, to a, uh, in, in a much closer proximity. So, um, 
Yeah, I've got some thoughts on that, but I'd, I'd love to get listener feedback that yeah. would say, yeah, I've, you know, because we, we're all over the map, and yep. I bet that we've had a lot of people that have been connected to uh, Grace Community or the Master's College or Seminary. Yep. Uh, sure. Or, or Grace to you, and just, just get feedback that, like, yeah. yeah, I think Jeff was right on, or, well, I like this, but I may have uh, felt differently because of X, Y, or Z. Yeah. That's the kind of dialogue that right. we'd love to, uh, to keep going. So yeah. that was good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sounds Jeff. Great. We're going to go ahead and sign off now. Jeff, Greg, we just okay. rocked the Casba. Alaskan style. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you just finished listening to Greg Dutcher and Jeff Crotz speaking about practical holiness. Some great insights from Jeff, as always. Uh, really looking forward to when we have him back on part two. Just want to make the announcements real quick for our Beer Fest winners. Uh, so for these go to 11, we have David Miranda. David Miranda, congratulations. You just won a free ticket to Honey Go Wine and Spirits Beer Fest. And then for Pop Culture Ninja, Kevin Blazer, B-L-A-S-E-R. Kevin Blazer won for Pop Culture Ninja. Uh, We're not recording Pop Culture Ninja until uh, uh, Thursday. Uh, So this is going out Tuesday night. So we're recording that one on Thursday. But we wanted to put the announcement on these. Go to 11. We're going to put it up on Twitter. We're going to put it up on uh, Facebook page. So just so you guys know, thank you so much for participating. Um, please go ahead and email. Uh, so for David, go ahead and email. These go to 11, then the number 15, the number 15 at gmail.com. These go to 11, then the number 15 at gmail.com. And then for Kevin Blazer, please go ahead and email popcultninja at gmail.com, popcultninja at gmail.com. You guys can also message us on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll go ahead and we'll get those uh, tickets out to you as soon as possible. So congratulations, guys. Thanks for playing. Um, Also want to mention that uh, we are doing... Our fundraising starting uh, today, it's officially going to be up and open. We're going to be putting the links on the Facebook page and on Twitter. Um, Again, if you are able to donate, we appreciate anything that you can do to help us out, any amount of money. We're going to be using that to just upgrade some equipment, um, You know, using that money to go ahead and get our 501c3 so we can become an official nonprofit um, organization. Um, so anything you can do to help us out, we'd greatly appreciate it. Um, if you can't donate, Hey, that's cool too. Please continue listening. We love having you. Um, maybe as an alternative, you could go ahead and just, uh, give us an iTunes review shout out, you know, so if you can't donate, uh, just go ahead and do that for us. That also helps us out, gets us higher on the charts so people can locate us more easily. Um, but anything anyone can do is appreciated. We're going to be starting that today, and hopefully we'll get some uh, we'll get some great response for you guys. So keep listening, and we'll catch you later. These go to 11.